This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. I was at a conference last week, you know, those work kind of conferences where you're just mingling around and chatting with people. And I met a woman who just started investing. So when I asked her, what was she buying? Um, what stocks was she in? She said Facebook and Netflix because she uses them. And then she seemed kind of embarrassed about this, like that that this was the reason she was giving for buying those two stocks. But I told her that this was the investing philosophy of one of the big-time legendary investors. Some of you may not have heard of him anymore because it's been a while since he was a legend, um, since he got out of the business, but his name is Peter Lynch, and he managed Fidelity's Magellan Mutual Fund. Yes, I know, mutual fund. Uh, Back in the day, a long, long time ago, mutual funds were like the hedge funds of today. And if you were a successful manager of one, you became really well known. So Peter Lynch was one of those. He managed Magellan from 1977 so yes, quite a long time ago, to 1990, so for 13 years. And in 11 of those 13 years, his returns beat the S&P 500, and he averaged 29% annual returns during that period. Now, I know what you're thinking, 1977 and 1990, well, some of that is the bull, secular bull market, which was from 1982 to 2000. That's true. Some of it was, but the 1977 to 1982 portion of it was not. And again, he still managed to beat the S&P 500 11 of the 13 years when he was running it. So he did become this legendary investor. And one of his philosophies in its most basic form was to buy what you know, which is why I brought it up to this woman who said she just bought... Facebook and Netflix because that's what she knew and she liked them and she used them. So Peter Lynch advocated this basic philosophy, but he also uh, kept emphasizing because people said, you can't just buy what you know because it might not be a good company, blah, blah, blah. So he always did advocate because he had um, several books out as well during this time, which you can still go read. They were bestsellers at the time. And they um, laid out to go a little bit further than just buying what you know. Buy what you know is kind of the start of your investing. And then you have to drill down, which is what I always say, more into the fundamentals to find out what is going on with the company and whether or not it's as good as why you like it. So this philosophy, though, led him into many of the big consumer names early in their expansion. So he has a story in his first book about going to Home Depot in Atlanta because they're headquartered in Atlanta and that's where they first started expanding out. And this was the 1970s. So he went down there, checked it out, walked through some Home Depots, loved it and immediately bought it for the Magellan Fund. I think it was something like $2 a share or something. I I don't even remember. It It was pretty cheap as most stocks were in the late 1970s because they were hated. Nobody wanted to be in them. And so he bought it because they had this big expansion plan 
and it was still in its infancy. So that's just like one famous example. Another one is he went and got his haircut at one of the chain haircut cutting places. I don't remember if it was haircuttery. It was one of those. Um, I'm not sure if it was that exact one, but it was publicly traded. He loved it so much and thought it was just super easy and convenient. The stores were clean. The hairdressers were all excellent that he bought shares in that. And that also soared as they expanded out. And just on a side note, one of his big views is that for retail or consumer names, Um, This was pre-internet, of course, but he believed it takes not just years, but decades in order to really expand most brands, even just across the United States, let alone internationally. Now, nowadays, some are expanding a little bit faster, it seems, at least internationally, that it's easier for them. We see that a lot with the restaurant chains, like suddenly, um, you know, Smashburger is in like San Salvador and like, um, you know, Guatemala or something. And so they're able to use the franchising to get overseas quickly. But on the retail side, it still takes a while to expand. I'm still discovering new brands myself that if I'm not in a certain part of the country, I've never heard of. Um, So... That part of his philosophy is still holding true even with the internet. But his view is really that you should trust your instincts on stocks and that there's a reason you're shopping at a place over and over or you just love it or a certain product, that kind of thing. So there's lots of great companies out there and there's plenty of winners. That's why you should trust your instincts. It doesn't have to be the semiconductor company where you don't even understand what a semiconductor is, right? Um, It doesn't have to be some small biotech that your uncle said is a sure thing because they're developing some cure for something or other. You you can just avoid investing in all of that. Um, you can just stay focused on the things that you know and understand. And it's also okay to think beyond the fang because this particular woman was in the fang, which is understandable because that's why we're all in the fang, right? We are all using these things that are in the fang, the fang stocks. But you should also start to think, of other ideas, like where do you shop? Where do you eat? Where do you travel? Do you stay in a specific hotel chain always when you're traveling? Who makes your phone? What sites on your phone, what apps are you so addicted to that you have to turn off your phone, um, you know, put it somewhere else or else you're on it for like several hours? We all know these things. (laughs) Some of them are in the fang, but some of them aren't. So start looking around at your world and I think you'll see a lot of uh, good stock ideas that you weren't really thinking of at the time because you know these companies and some may be on sale right now. So if you're a beginner investor, don't be embarrassed that this is your investing strategy or that you're just starting out. You should actually be happy that uh, you're starting out investing or you're only a, a year or two in and we are getting this pullback because this could be a buying opportunity. So a few years ago, I also talked with a woman who told me that she bought shares of Starbucks in the 1990s, um, really early at the IPO. And she bought them at the IPO 
because they had opened up one of their first stores outside of Seattle in the Chicago suburbs, and that's where she lived. And she ended up going there, trying it out, loved it, kept going and going and going. And her kids at the time said when they heard that it was going to go public, like, hey, you should buy shares in that. You're like going there every day. So she did. And obviously her timing was good because they were in the beginning of their expansion out. And she told me that that investment, I don't know how much it was, but it wasn't like a huge, it wasn't like she put in like $100,000 or anything into that stock, but it ended up paying for family vacations and some of the college tuition for her kids in later years. So she was real pleased to buy what she knew with a restaurant chain that she was using. So keeping that in mind, Uber, Airbnb, Pinterest, those are all expected to possibly go public in the next few years. We're still waiting on all of them. But are you ready? Is that one company you use that you know that you would be willing to buy? I think a lot of people would say yes with all three of those. But with that being said, because those aren't public yet, Many other stocks have pulled back, stocks that many of us use and know in companies that we like, and they are cheaper. So we should be looking. That's the whole point of being value investors as well as to be looking in times like this. So I took a look at a few popular names that many of us know and love just to kind of see what they're doing. Have they pulled back? Is now a good buying opportunity Uh, to get it cheaper. And cheaper doesn't necessarily mean it's a value. But if you're a growth investor and you um, are interested in these names, then you can at least get it at a much better valuation than you could just a few weeks ago. So that's important on when you're getting in. So I took a look, like I said, at a few popular names. And let me just run through them. They may not be your popular names, but Um, A few of them are kind of interesting right now, so let's get right into it. So the first one is Home Depot, and that has been around since Peter Lynch bought it in the late 1970s. So you'd think like, eh, it's kind of done now, but it really isn't. They are still expanding. They are in Mexico. They have other um, international opportunities there probably going forward. Home Depot, ticker HD, those shares are down 15% in just the last month. So they have come down off those highs. The PE is now 18. So not super cheap, but not horribly expensive. And now that they've fallen back, they're a little bit cheaper. You get a dividend with 2.4% yield. It hasn't reported this quarter's earnings yet, the third quarter, and it'll do so on November 13th. So we're going to have to wait and see. But it's just been a beast. As the economy has heated up, everybody's doing those home renovations. They've got extra cash to do so. And everybody wants a nice place to live. So they're all out there renovating their kitchens, their bathrooms, painting, planting, landscaping, all of that kind of good stuff. So Home Depot still still has what it takes that Peter Lynch saw when he first visited in the 1970s. So that's one just to kind of keep on your list and, and keep a watch on. A second company is also a retailer, but it's on the apparel side, Lululemon. I haven't talked about it in a while, but it does have the cult-like following, about 
among both women and men, I always actually hear talked about more from men, especially when I'm in California. <laughs> For some reason, it comes up all the time out there. So very popular out in California, apparently. These shares were down as much as about 17% in the last month. They've rebounded off those lows, but they're still down about 12%. So they have pulled back a bit. But if you look at the longer chart, they're still up 78% year to date. So some people are like, oh, the pain of the you know 17% pullback when it was down that much. But still up quite a bit here. It's not cheap. PE is at 38, but you are paying for the expansion possibilities with this one and the growth in the name. It will report again in early December, so we will get a read on how Black Friday was and how the holiday season is shaping up. But Lululemon still has pretty big build out ahead of it, most likely, especially internationally. So if you're big into this brand, you might want to keep this one on your list too. Then the third stock has actually pulled back quite a bit, and I know some of you are probably interested in it now, and that is Amazon. The ticker is AMZN. I own this one in my own personal portfolio, but the shares are down 24% in just the last month. So this is probably, I think, one of the biggest pullbacks I've seen in a long time, maybe even... I don't even know when, um, maybe even during the Great Depression or recession, I should say, um, when everything got hit really hard. But this is a big correction and it could be a buying opportunity here for many of us or um, you know, people who want to add to their position like me or if you're not in it yet and you've thought maybe, oh, I missed out and it's going to keep running well, now it isn't. So now is your chance. So I took a look at the PE because I've made fun of the PE in the past <laughs> because it was just so absurd. Um, just a month ago, I think it was trading about 190 times, but that's kind of par for the course with Amazon, right? Everybody just buys it. They don't care about the PE. It's it's not about the earnings, I'm always told. <laughs> it's about the growth. Um, and which is partially true, but now the PE is down to just 86. I know I, it makes it sound cheap, but with Amazon, that is cheap. I don't remember the last time it was ever at 86. Certainly not in the AWS era after it started uh, posting really great revenue in the cloud. So P down to 86, it's really pulled back. Um, it's just one, again, you might want to keep on your list of things to buy because uh, there's a lot, lot going on with some of these buying opportunities. Then I took a look at another internet name that you may not be thinking of, but it's one of my favorites, and it's TripAdvisor. And that ticker is T-R-I-P. And people spend hours on this site. It has incredible traffic. We like to plan vacations, post reviews of hotels and other um, you know, tours and restaurants and stuff on the site. I won't say how I know that people spend hours on here, but they do. Um, <laughs> they just do. And the company is actually doing a site redesign. If you haven't been on there in a while, you might want to check it out by 2019 because I believe the site redesign is going to happen by the end of the year. And this could have a big impact on it. And they're going to make it more social. So a lot of people um, know if they've been in the TripAdvisor forums that you can't 
really post um, your own information in there. They will like block you because they didn't really want people just on there promoting themselves, which makes some sense. So if you ran a tour, for instance, and someone is on there asking like, what are the best ghost tours? You couldn't go on there and be like, oh, I run the best one. And here's a link to my site. Like they would like block that basically off of there. Uh, So that made it a little difficult to share content. But now uh, years into it, they've figured out that a Twitter social type kind of site might work better for them. And so a lot of travel content has been posted on both Twitter and Instagram because TripAdvisor didn't really have the same kind of social setup. So they're going to fix that. I They have a mock-up, uh, a trial, a beta site already on their site that you can go check out. I think they have a video on there that shows how it's going to work and everything. And it looks fantastic. Um, you might think I own these shares, but I actually don't. I used to. And then it was they had some awful numbers. I didn't like where they were going with their earnings, with their fundamentals. So I sold a while ago. But taking a look at it again, thinking, oh, maybe because I I do like this site so much, maybe I should get in again. But the shares haven't really pulled back in the sell-off. So they're down just 0.8% over the last month, which is almost nothing. So they're just they're, – they're barely down. And they've been rallying since October 10th. They had been down 13.5% prior to that, but then they, they rallied. I don't know if that's off the site redesign or some other something else, but people are thinking something good is going to be going on with TripAdvisor soon. Year-to-date, the shares are still up, and they're up 46%, and it's trading at 60 times. So (laughs) this is not cheap at all. They're going to report earnings on November 7th. So if you're listening to this before that, you can get ready to find out what they've done for the third quarter and um, if you're listening to it after, you now know. So I encourage people to check in with this one on the earnings call to see like what's going on and where they are on the site redesign and how that is going to play out because there's a lot going on with this company now and some of it could be good. So unfortunately, I probably am not going to be diving in on this one, not yet, because the shares just haven't pulled back enough for me here. Um, but that's what you got to do sometimes as an investor. You have to look around and keep stocks on your list. So moving on, a lot of people buy the restaurant stocks for the obvious reasons, as I mentioned about the woman who bought the Starbucks. And now a lot of the restaurant chains have these loyalty membership programs. So we're all getting free food and drink too if we join those. So we have a lot of loyalty to certain brands and buying the stock can be a no-brainer. But what if you choose wrong? What if you choose the Habit Burger versus the Shake Shack? Now, maybe they'll both work out okay, but maybe they might not. What if I had bought Wendy's instead of McDonald's like 30 years ago? Um, Wendy's is still around. It's still trading, but McDonald's has just been the powerhouse. I bought Domino's Pizza, which is ticker DPZ, a few years ago because I loved that new recipe when they launched the new recipe. It's been a while now. They don't even talk about the new recipe because it's no longer new. But they did have a new crust and a new sauce recipe on the pizza. And then they launched the app a couple years ago. So I loved all that. And I bought some shares. Uh, I did. I did well. I made some money, but I sold it. Um, and... 
then it kept running and that's fine. I made my profit, but I keep looking at it, wondering if it, I can ever get back in, if it's ever going to have a pullback. So taking a look at Domino's in this sell-off, shares were down 10% in the last month. So that's something, but they're still up 42% year to date. And that's just year to date. So the 10% pullback, meh, it's not really getting me much there. It's not really getting me the cheapness like it has on some of these others like Amazon, some of the Chinese stocks, some of these others that have really been pummeled. So it still has a forward PE of about 30. That's been pretty consistent. So still pretty expensive, but it's considered a growth stock. So that's not too awful. And it it did report earnings already and it had the strong comparables again, both domestic and international, one of the best in the restaurant industry. That's why probably the, we're not seeing the shares come back down because it still has these great fundamentals. But again, it's another one that goes on the list. Like I said, I've been watching it for a while, hoping for some pullbacks, but this is one and it's just not enough for me, not, not right now. But during the pullbacks, everybody should be looking around because some of the sell-offs may surprise you. And don't be embarrassed about liking a certain company. Um, you know, I, like I said, used to <laughs> used to be a shareholder in the TripAdvisor, and I've spent quite a bit of time on that app. But um, obviously, if I'd still been in it, it'd be working out pretty well for me this year. And I know after the iPhone came out in particular all those years ago, many people rushed out and bought the Apple stock. And if they were patient over all that, what has it been like over a decade now? The stock has been up and down, but if they just had held on, been patient, that that patience would have been rewarded. Their instincts of owning this this company because they love the product would have been rewarded. And one other piece of advice, though, I do have for all investors, not just newbies, is be diverse. Don't just buy one stock and hope you you get it right because some of these stories. Today, I told you were about people who got it right, but they definitely also got it wrong on some things. So um, make sure you are diverse. In the 1990s, I often talk about this, I chose to invest in Kmart. Yes, Kmart. <laughs> Instead of Walmart, which is the leader in the industry and was like kicking everybody's butts at the time in the 1990s. I chose Kmart. I did take a loss on it. It wasn't as bad as what happened later if I had continued to own it for another decade or so. But that was lesson learned. Maybe I should have bought both, Kmart and Walmart. And then if one becomes the winner, then I still win. So spread your money around. And if you're concerned about being able to afford a stock like Amazon, because yes, it's pulled back, but it's still trading above $1,000. And that's really hard. You know, maybe you're like, oh, I can afford like one share of it or something. But there are a lot of these fractional share brokers like Stash that's out there now. And the, those those types of fractional share buying ones where you can buy, you know, $100, $200 worth of it at a time until you actually get the one share. And I know that, again, sounds kind of crazy. Like, oh, I'm only buying $200 worth of an Amazon share and it'll take me like seven or eight months to get a share that seems kind of lame, but not really, because you have to start somewhere. 
And during these sell-offs, especially this one that has hit growth stocks, because we haven't seen this very often in the last five or six years, it's a good time for value investors, especially, to take another look at the growth names. And, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to go for the super cheap PE names, but there are those out there right now, too. But if you were interested in the growth, but you were just basically priced out of a lot of these names then now is the time for value investors to look around. Now, remember, value investors rush in. We don't rush out when there's sell-offs. I know it's hard, but we buy when Wall Street doesn't want to. And take a look. Take a look at some of your favorite stocks. See if they're on sale. That's what I did today for this podcast. Some are on sale. Some are not, much to my lament, um, but the ones that are could be a buying opportunity. So don't pass it up. Let's uh, recap the stocks again that I talked about today. We had Home Depot on the retail side. That's ticker HD. Lululemon is L-U-L-U. Amazon is, of course, A-M-Z-N. TripAdvisor is T-R-I-P. And Domino's Pizza, they just go by Domino's now, by the way, just Domino's, everybody knows that it's pizza, is DPZ. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the Value Investor Podcast as the stock um, sell-off happens, a lot of stocks become value. So we're back in vogue here in the value realm. And I'll be talking about a lot of the value stocks coming up on future episodes, so you don't want to miss any. You can get us on Apple Podcasts on a standalone show under the Value Investor Podcast there. You can get us on Spotify. And if you want the Market Edge as well, which I do recommend, you can get both on SoundCloud. But be sure to get us somewhere and I'll see you again next time with some more value stocks.